Hey everyone, this is Tracy Wild Pace, and we are excited for another edition of our Deep Dive podcast. Um, I'm the pastor here at Capital Young Adults, our college and um, young adult ministry at Capital Church. And we're really excited about this pop- podcast, Deep Dive. It's going to have lots of different things that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about things that are going on in culture, some topics from maybe a text that we might pull through. We're going to bring a lot of friends and do some conversation and interviews. We're also, in the next couple weeks, we'd like to do what we call a mailbag, which means we'd like for you to email us any questions that you might have. Maybe there's some questions about the Bible. Maybe there's questions about what's going on in our culture and our world, and you'd like us to talk about them. Go ahead and email us at cyapodcast at capitalchurch.co. We'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. And as always, we'd love for you to subscribe and be a part of our podcast family. But No more of that because I have something really special uh, today and we have really awesome guests. We're so honored to have Pastors Mark and Rochelle Francie from Oceans Church in South Orange County. But what you might not know is they were actually the former pastors of CYA, formerly known as GCD. So I inherited uh, what they started and planted here in Boise, Idaho, what, over 10, no, maybe 12 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just thought it was so cool if um, in the beginning in the genesis of this podcast um, to talk to truly who are the founders of GCD, Um, which is now CYA, Capital Young Adults, and just to get maybe some history and talk to them about what they what they did and what they started because I know this to be be true. We wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now if it wasn't for Mark and Rochelle Francie. And if you didn't know, Rochelle's my sister. So it's really fun to be doing a podcast today with my sister and brother in law, as well as two of the greatest pastors and leaders in the in the country. So uh, let's welcome, welcome Mark and Rochelle. Thanks for Yo. being here. Hey, <laughs> we're so excited. Good to be on. Is it, isn't this crazy? Like just to think about, um, so many years ago when you guys started GCD downtown Boise, yeah. um, and then look at where we're at. And that's what I want to talk about that. Like Mark, and you do a really good job of this. You do a great job of giving the history and painting this amazing picture. And, uh, what, what's cool about um, CYA now is like obviously it's grown we've had a lot of people in the last couple of years you know come to our community get saved discipled part of our internship but what's crazy is many of them don't know the history of GCD yeah so I'd love for you to just kind of do what you do which is paint that amazing picture and the impact I don't think people realize how many people have gone through GCD and yeah. now are all over the world yeah doing things for Jesus so no so cool Trace well first of all thanks for letting us come on and be your guest today on the podcast. We're showing our honor to be here. All right, babe. Yep. We're so excited. You're the first guests, by the way. Hey, so. first. I feel wow. so special. Wow. <laughs> you should. Big deal. It's an honor for us. No, we're uh, we're pumped to be in town during this COVID season. And uh, yeah, we're uh, we were pumped about just kind of hanging out, talking about the history of GC. Uh, if you don't know, G- GC stood for Generations Church. And uh, I guess to tell the story, I guess accurately, we'd have to almost go back to when are my brother-in-law, your older brother, Chris, yeah. was actually the youth pastor before I was. And he was my youth pastor, my mentor. I came to Idaho in 2002. And I think when I moved here, it might have been under the uh, the alias of Millennium Fire Church. If yeah, I'm not... we've, we've had many <clears throat> names for and this ministry. Many. I do have to say that was not my idea in naming that. I feel like that was Jonathan Owens. That was maybe our, our previous youth pastor before yeah. Chris. Yeah. They, it used to be called Millennium Fire It was Fire good Church. for the era, for sure. Yes. Good for the era. Oh. Been through many names, <laughs> name changes. But uh, no, just 
I think, you know, the truth is, is that anything that's usually visible is built on a foundation that was laid before you got there. Mm. And so uh, I think with Chris uh, doing what he did, uh, we were running, I think, just a normal kind of youth service on Wednesday nights. And then I think it was, I was kind of thinking about this before we, we were driving here today, uh, historically. So when I was going through our internship in 2002 and 2003, four those years, I want to say it was 2004 that Chris kind of said, hey, I think it'd be good for us to go back down to Boise State and start, yeah. you know, just having a presence on campus. So we started a, an outreach. We called it Function. Mm-hmm. And from 2004, which would have been probably around September of 04, October of 04, uh, and that would have gone all the way. We would have been doing that off and on, seasonally almost. We did it during the school year. We'd stop. Mm-hmm. We tried a myriad of different kind of types and formats of, of function. Uh, everything from kind of parking lot tailgating to handing out pizza in the quads, uh, doing like outreach type of events. And we just realized we kind of suck at uh, outreach events. We're not really <laughs> outreach people. We're like, we're good at like creating an environment for God mm. and doing a church. And so I think it was uh, Chris kind of started giving me more responsibility, but he was leading all of that uh, in 04, 05, 06. And I think it was 2007, Rashawn and I had been married for about a year and a half at that point when we got set in to kind of take over for Christ. And again, we just kind of stood on his shoulders. Uh, and I think it took us about two years to just kind of not be uh, irresponsible uh, <laughs> as pastors and leaders. I, I still remember, I tell a lot of our, our team down in California, my, my early 20s, I remember playing like video games on my computer in my <laughs> office at the church. So I feel like I still owe the Lord some money for uh, when I was on the clock and I was uh, playing video games. But uh, That's Bolt. encouraging everyone right now who's working from yeah, home. I, I'm sure that that encouraged him, Mark. So thanks great. for sharing that. Apathetic, for sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, something kind of clicked inside of me probably right around the time I was about 25, 26, which would have been that like 2007, 8, 9 window. So I think it was 2007. Uh, we took over and I think we kind of said, hey, let's, we tried outreach at Boise State. Uh, we, and I think we got about 80, 80 kids come at the, at the height of some of those outreach but school would stop or we change locations or change days of the week and lose all of our momentum. And so uh, I think it was uh, 2007 in uh, the fall of uh, 07. We started in uh, the Biblical Study Center. They had a little bookshop. I think it might be still be there. I, I drove by yeah, it last yeah. time I was in the, Idaho. The bookshop is, I think, upstairs. So there's a little bookstore. We started with, I think, 12 of our interns. And we had 13 people show up to the service. Mark <laughs> says they're all related to us. Yeah, I think, yeah. I was married was, to a couple of 13. Was, so. Me, Rochelle, your yeah, wife, mom yeah. and dad probably came down. Yeah, yeah. my mom was your there. Mom, my sister, your brought, little sister. Yeah, it was like whoever we can get there. But uh, yeah, it felt pretty defeating. I think we wanted to quit almost every week. Yeah. So from 07 to 08, it was kind of like that. It was just a grind. I think we we maybe got to like 25 people, 30 people coming to the bookstore. Which felt big time that we had more than half the crowd not being related to me. <laughs> um, and then I think it was, we kind of, we, we did take a break, I think, in 08. And then uh, in the fall of 2008 to 2009, it actually started to grow. We had um, a couple kind of key football players. I think there was Tommy Gallarda, was a tight end for Boise State. Uh, Adam Hall was mm, a wrestler. wrestler yeah. um, uh, there was a couple other guys, um, like kind of. Sam. That was a little bit later. But yeah, we had several, uh, a couple football players, and then a couple of wrestlers started coming, and it it, it actually constituted us kind of growing out of the bookstore area, moving downstairs, and so we started. Uh, I think I can't remember what night of the week we've been on. I think we've met on almost every single night every of the night. week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've done Tuesdays, maybe not Saturday Wednesday, night. Thursdays, I think Saturday night's Sundays. the only night we haven't done. Oh yeah, we did everything. <laughs> 
But I want to say it was uh, it, it started kind of catching some traction, and it was in 2009, uh, in the spring of 2009, that we started actually kind of growing, growing, mm. that we had, uh, I mean, 5, 10, 15 people getting saved, started doing spontaneous baptisms. And that's affectionately what we refer to as the basement days, the basement. right? Basement. That was when we were in the basement of the yeah. Biblical Study mm-hmm. Center. Exactly. I mean, people still, to this day, we'll talk about, I yeah. used to go to GCD in the basement. Ba- mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a wild, it was a wild time period. Basically, the basement was the downstairs of the Biblical Study Center, mm-hmm. which would be about the size of your mom's kitchen. And uh, we, we would stuff and about it. Was a, hot. We, it, it was, was hot, so yeah. hot. I feel like, yeah. And we'd have randoms. We had to leave the door open, so we'd have randoms in downtown Boise, like come, homeless yeah. people poking their heads in. Uh, so it was just always a uh, security security guys, you know, fantasy, I guess, of uh, <laughs> you know keeping the safety in our our setting. But no, I, I just remember uh, we kind of went from I think uh, we we ended up growing to two services, but we were packing like 120 people per service, yeah. and the first one was a little smaller. But I think maybe 120, 130 were coming, and then we outgrew that facility. And that was really the era. Chris Potter was a big part of that season. Uh, Whitney Potter, uh, E.B. actually, E.B. Harris, who is now E.B. Hepworth, uh, got saved in that basement. And, I mean, we had, I mean, thousands of people probably get saved, probably about 1,000 in that building before we moved. Because we were there for, I think, two years, Mm -hmm. three years. And then we got to two services, maxed it out. We looked at every piece of property. And uh, the story, I just, Dad didn't know the story. I told him the story the other day. But um, what was kind of cool was when we outgrew it, I prayed. I said, God, we need like, I don't know why. I think sometimes you just have the gift of faith, which is really something beyond. It's just weird. You like, you know that, you know that you know that God's going to just make a way. Hmm. And it was weird because we didn't have, it was like the recession. We're like in the middle of the recession. But I just remember thinking, I remember telling Rochelle, like, we have the hardest part. Like, people want to know God right now. Hmm. There's... There's momentum, like non-believing wrestlers, football players, by like by like five, ten at a time are coming. Wow. Like if we have this, we might not have money yet, but God's going to provide the money. We have the harder part. We have like this spirit of revival, like this mm-hmm. atmosphere of revival. And so I remember going at the time there was University Church, which was right across the street from the Special Event Center at the Spec. And, um, and I remember going to that church and going, hey, can we use your facility? I don't care what night of the week it is. I don't care if it's like, yeah, midday. I'll, I'll, I'll meet at midnight, just whenever we can use this building. And uh, it was an older board at the time. I think probably the youngest board member was probably 75, like literally. Just older, all successful, older guys, it, retired lawyers and doctors and stuff at this church. And it's funny because the church was called University Church, but I don't think there's anyone from it the university. A no. university student <laughs> yeah. in that church. So I met with them first, and they shut up. They shut me down right away, and then I, I went on from there to look at like every piece of real estate that was for lease or for sale in Boise. Um, and I remember looking through everything. I probably looked at thirty properties mm. over the next three three months, and I got through all of them. And I'm like, God, we either can't afford it because it's like way expensive, or just it's going to take two years to build out, or we can't. The lease it doesn't fit. It's a bad location. And I remember praying, and the Lord said, Mark, if you could choose your ideal location, what would it be? And I said, well, it'd probably be the one I went to first, God, like university church. Hmm. And he said, go back again. And I said, well, they already, like, they gave me a, like, it wasn't like a maybe. It was like a definitive, don't ever come back here again. (laughs) And so I got this idea, though, um, when I was praying, he said, Mark, what do all those older guys have in common? What do they all love? And I had this moment of revelation. I'm like, they all love Boise State football. They're all Mm. boosters. Yeah. And so they're all season ticket holders. They had, you know, box seats, whatever. So I, I'm like, okay, that's what I'll do. And what do you have, Mark? I said, I have a bunch of football players that come to GCD. Mm-hmm. So he said, bring them with you. 
So I remember setting a meeting up and I brought like Jamar Taylor. I brought Chris Potter. I brought, I think, Ebo McKende. I, I brought like that whole mm, crew of guys, yeah. maybe even Tommy Gallarda. And we walk into this meeting with like five of their overseers. And it was funny. These old guys <laughs> were like, like teenage girls. They were like, they were totally fangirling <laughs> out. And I just remember like, I could, I'd have me, it took me a while to get the meeting started because they were just all like, oh man, I just love your da 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 You know, just yeah, kind of yeah, going yeah. off. And so... We started the meeting and I just said, hey, you know, I pointed, I said, this guy just gave his life to Jesus two weeks ago mm. at, at, at our service. I was like, we baptized this guy, you know, three weeks ago. Uh, this guy's been coming for two months. We do a Bible study in his living room. Mm-hmm. And now we have 40 players from the team coming to this Bible study. And all these guys were just like wide eyed. And I said, would it be okay for us to use your facility? And they said, yeah, we could probably figure out a way. <laughs> sure. So that was kind of how we got University Church, and that was really the turning point. Yeah. When we got there, um, we started, I mean, that, that room was massive, mm-hmm. and they had a baptismal tank. And I remember shortly after moving in, I think we, I mean, we had, I, I think we're running about 400 people between the two services. We had our largest service, yeah. I think, down there was, I, it was hundreds of kids coming. But I remember one of the weeks we had, um, one of the weeks there, we actually had, uh, I think, I had a bunch of the guys from the Bible study invite all the team. So we had like 40 players show up that night. Mm-hmm. Out of the 40, like 25 responded to give their lives to Jesus that night. And we did a spontaneous I baptism. I remember that night, the spontaneous <clears throat> baptism. And 20 of them got water yeah, baptized. that was insane. And so it was so wild because the next day, uh, I had a bunch, you know, like Chris Potter and the guys were like, yeah. dude, the, the environment of our locker mm. room just, just changed. Like everyone's talking about, you know, what God's doing yeah. in this movement, this this church. Yeah. Uh, at university with with GC, and so it was just a really special window of time for sure. And the same thing kind of happened with the wrestling team. Another story I'm talking so long uh, is uh, uh, there was you know at the time we were the number three or four wrestling program in the nation. Our wrestling program was actually better than our football team at was time, at yeah. that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had Adam Adam Hall. We had a bunch of guys. Nate, I can't remember Nate's last name. Sam Zilstra, but all these guys. Sam was you know the heavyweight wrestler. He he I, he gave his life to Jesus in the basement. And I thought he was going to like break me in half after the service. <laughs> and he started like getting teary eyes talking to me. Wow. And uh, I'll never forget that. And just kind of like all these, we started baptizing these guys. But it was so cool because that at the time, there was one strong believer on the wrestling team. Levi Jones was his name. Mm-hmm. And Levi was the only one in the beginning of the season. So he was probably a junior that year. He's a great wrestler too. But there was like seven, no, there's 20, I think 20 guys on the wrestling team. Mm-hmm. And like by the end of the season, we had like 14 or 15 of them coming to GC. And Levi actually didn't come. He went to another church. But I remember meeting him. I think it was the Beauty and the Beast event with the gymnastics and the wrestling. And it was towards the end of the season that year. And I remember I didn't know Levi yet. And at the end of the match, I'm talking to all the guys. And he walked over to me. He says, I have to meet you. He's like, I've heard heard so much about you. He goes, I just want you to know I was the only believer Mm -hmm. on the team uh, nine months ago. And he goes, the environment of our locker room is not the same. Wow. He goes, before, guys would be like beating their heads against lockers. They'd be like death metal playing. Guys are just getting like, like just weird. He said, now you go into our locker room, guys are praying. They're praying mm. for each other before mm. the matches. Amazing. And he just goes, I just got to let you know that this, what you're doing at GC, like what, what God has done through this, this kind of campus church has, um, it really has shifted the environment of our program. Mm. Wow. And that honestly, Mark, you, first of all, you're a great historian. <laughs> you do so well at like, just like taking an outline and taking us 
kind of down memory lane, but also for many people that are listening that never knew the story of GCD. Um, And it's so powerful because I just can't help but think about all the people that have been impacted over the past, you know, 12 plus years um, of that really is. And it always has been a college young adult ministry. Mm -hmm. And we know our parents, Rochelle, um, pastors Ken and Connie have always had a heart for Boise State, the students Mm -hmm. of Boise State. Our mom was a student there when she was there. Almost the entire football team had gotten saved. That was during the Jesus People movement and yeah. days. And and she will never forget yeah. what was happening in the Boise State College at yeah. the time. It wasn't a university, but what had happened on that campus. And they've always had that. And you guys really picked up that call and that mantle. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, gosh, there's so many stories, Mark, we could tell, like, mm-hmm. about people that were impacted. Then you throw in, obviously, just the GCD night, whatever night it was. It was a Thursday, yeah. it was a Wednesday, it was in the Rose Room, it was in the <laughs> yeah. Power Up Room, it was in, it was in all totally. these places. Totally. But then there was Compel, yeah. which was also that incredible movement. Yeah. Um, and and um, maybe you could speak to that. But one thing I want to say about that, which is really cool and just a cool connection for me, is that, remember, I didn't live here for a few years. I was down in Beverly Hills pastoring for about three of the years. Must be nice, preacher. (laughs) Good one. Um, And so a few of the years I kind of missed out, but most for pretty much what you're talking about, I was a part of it, like leading Bible studies, Mm -hmm. uh, watching and supporting you and Rochelle through it. But there was a few years I was gone. One of the years I was gone and we did compel, and I'll let you talk about um, those amazing compels. Um, Rich, you had Rich Wilkerson Jr. come into Mm -hmm. town and he preached. I wasn't here. I remember Rich FaceTimed me from downtown Boise, it was yep. snowing. Yep. I'm in oh, LA. That's right. that's right. He FaceTimed me and is like, I'm in your hometown at your church. You know, it was just yeah. crazy. Well, little, I didn't know this obviously at the time. Years later, I discovered Garrison Pace, my wow. now husband, was invited to that compel, got saved at that compel, wow. and started to be, um, you know, started to be a part of GCD. Later, became an intern, obviously, meets the love of his life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just, come on, I, yeah. I just think about, and that's one. Yeah. Yeah. My, like just little story yeah. amongst probably thousands yeah. upon yeah. thousands of people who were yeah. impacted by GCD, by Compel, yeah. by um, the the evangelistic spirit in you, the heart that you have to mm. lead people to Jesus, Rochelle's gift to pastor the heck out of people and disciple them, and mm. um, just to see the fruit of it now. But I mean, we still do compel. Uh, we had to take a break this year just partly because sure. of COVID-19 yeah, sure. and some other things. But, you know, we did compel last year and yep. it was unreal. Yeah, best um, one yet. But yeah, I mean, they've all been incredible, but we are so, so blown away to have Carl Lentz and have the largest compel we've ever had. Amazing. Um, it, but just speak to that. Like, what was the heart behind compel and what was it? And what was your vision even for it? Yeah, well, Shell and I, I think in the early days, I think like everybody, when you first come into youth ministry, your heart is like, I'm going to do what no one's ever done before, <laughs> and I'm going to unite the body of Christ throughout <laughs> my region and my zip code. And so you, I think that was my initial thought was, I'm going to unite youth pastors. And I, it's like anything, you start trying, and it's like, we, we so we started a conference after our camp. And I think if you remember some of those, we did like, I think the Stocksdale, like the, the band, Jonathan Stocksdale's bands yeah. came. Um, we had Chad Beach come one year. So our thought was we'll do a con- we'll do like a camp and at the end of our camp we'll do like a conference type of like one night 
can't remember what we called it, but it was like a basically like a church conference. Was it GCB Live? GCB Live. GCB yeah. Live. That's what right. it was. GCB yeah. Live is what we called it. See, and we have had many names. It, exactly. <laughs> Wait, so the name may to, change, but the Lord remains the same. I have to say something so funny. So um, we're staying at my parents' house as we're here, and I saw a CD um, of GCB Live. So Heck yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe mom's been listening you might have, and watching. Michelle, you might have to describe what a CD is. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Google it. Google That's it. crazy. Uh, I know. So maybe mom was watching it, catching up on our some Our biggest old, fan. Yeah. Our, our biggest fan. No, I, I, uh, no it, was, it was a while. So we, we kind of did that. And our thought was we're going to, you know, we, we love Generation Unleashed in Portland. We loved uh, GC Conference was going on in, in Seattle. Seattle yep. So like, let's do like something like that in, in Boise. And I guess the biggest problem we ran into was because Boise, most people, you know, if you live here, you know this, but if you don't live here, what you don't know is that we're the most isolated major city in the lower 48. Yeah. So, so many, you know, you do a conference in Portland, you're going to have people driving from an hour and a half, two hours. You'd have people from City Church or Church Home Now coming to Generation Unleashed. I mean, yeah, Generation like Unleashed. Two they had, and a half, three hour drive yeah. between Seattle and Portland. Yeah. Like, they had hundreds of churches that yeah, were coming to their yeah. events. And even uh, uh, GC Conference, same thing. Hundreds of different churches. You had people from Mars Hill coming, Puyallup Foursquare at the right. time, all these different ministries. And so what was hard for us is there wasn't, there's not that many churches in Boise. And the churches that were here didn't really at the time want to really collaborate right. on a youth conference. So I got discouraged. I remember talking to Chad Beach at Generation Unleashed one year. And I said, man, I'm doing this event. I'm going to bring you out. And mm-hmm. I think I brought him out the year before. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do it again this next year. Mm-hmm. I said, Chad, I'm just like kind of discouraged. I was mm-hmm. like, I- I'm trying like to do what they're doing in Seattle and yeah. Portland. It's just not like no one wants to join us outside mm-hmm. of our crew. So we were getting like four or 500 people coming to it. But it was like all people from our church. Yeah. And um, so he goes, Mark, you should just do something like if your church is the only one supporting, do something for you guys then. Mm-hmm. Like make it your event and do whatever you're passionate about. I'm like, well, I love getting people introduced to Jesus. Yeah. So that's kind of where the origins of it. And Rochelle and I were praying one night. And we just had this thought like music message movement. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. The tagline. <laughs> the tagline. Right. And so Shell came up with this was just unbelievable. And that was kind of our secret sauce throughout the whole thing is yeah. that we had like the, you know, God's favor, God's, you know, he was healing people. And mm. there was a lot of notable miracles that yeah. happened in the basement. Even I think we had almost we had like a blind eye open up in the yeah. basement, deaf ears open up in the basement. So we had kind of the sovereign side of it, but my, Rochelle is so good at making it look, it looked awesome too. Yeah. Cosmetic, you know, mm-hmm. cosmetically Rochelle always made sure that all of our, all of our advertising and marketing oh, I was I still remember those graphics that we notch. all had to change to our profile pic. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. If you didn't, you were out. <laughs> yeah. You got oh, yeah. a little in trouble. You're blackballed. You yeah. You're blackballed for sure. So we, uh, GCB live was essentially the mm. conference for church people. And then we just said, Hey, we're going to put on an event mm. and we're going to do an excellent presentation of the gospel at like a, like like 2,000 feet elevation. So not like a 36,000 feet Billy Graham event that's right. like for older generation. Yeah. We're going to do it lower for like younger, kind of keep the fruit on the lower shelf mm-hmm. of the of the cabinet. And so we're going to just, we'll bring in some of the greatest speakers from the country to come in and to kind of give an excellent, you know, presentation of the gospel. Yeah. Our band will go on steroids. We'll, like we'll rent <laughs> awesome sound equipment. We actually thought Lights, we'll do it at yes. the Egyptian, the famous mm-hmm. Egyptian theater. Downtown Boise. Downtown Boise. And uh, I, I was like, and if we did that, um, what we'll do is we'll have to do a couple of them before the, the city trust us. But what we want to do is mm. we'll do an event. And at the end of the event, the beginning of the event, we'll thank anyone that invited people from other churches. And, and the goal was, and I kind of told all the pastors regionally, 
I said, we're going to put this on. We're going to host it. We're going to, we're going to put all the money into it, but we want to create an environment that people from your church, it'd be a really easy invite to invite a friend or no neighbor, coworker, classmate, teammate to come to this environment to, to experience God, to give their life to him. At the end of the night, I promised him, I said, Hey, at the end of the night, I'm going to tell everyone that got saved. And our first one, we had 180 people mm. give their lives to Jesus at the yeah. very first one that we did. And I said, um, and that might have been, that was before Garrison, but they, we did, I think, three before Garrison at, with Riches. Um, but the first one we did, we had like 180. And at the end of the night, I just said, hey, whoever invited you, whatever church they go to, go check that church that's out. That's great. We want wow. We put this event on not for our church, but for the city. Mm. And so that's kind of what started it, but it was pretty much our community. We only had like five or 600 at the first one. Mm. The second, we had like 700. We packed it out because I think it only seats like yep. 750 or 800 or something. But we packed it out and then we went to Riches. We did two services. We started two services. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, there's so many people. I know I know Kai and Carly Magnus. Yep, they got I saved. officiated their wedding. Yeah. They got saved, I think, and they actually met each other at that Compel No night. way. I didn't know yeah. that part. That's awesome. And so awesome. I officiated their wedding. Like, yeah, we met. We both got saved <laughs> at Compel. And so just so many crazy stories I've, I've heard in the last, you know, 10, 15 years. I mean, just the amount of people that ha- did get saved out of Compel mm-hmm. and that are now like on church staffs yeah. or in ministry and not all of them of course yeah. but I mean a lot of them went through our internship program or yep. went back to their church like you and I love that you did that mark like that shows to me just so the heart of God it's like and what we believe about the mission of the church which is yeah. to build the church yep. universally the big church not just capital church or totally. our ministry or GCD or CYA but sure um, but it's cool to see how many people got saved at a compel got discipled, did an internship program, whatever. Yeah. Now seeing where they are in community yeah. and life and what they're building. It, it, I mean, it just, it blows my mind. And I don't actually think we will know on this side of eternity, the impact yeah. that Compels had, that GCD, um, honestly, even now CYA, I, I just don't even think yeah. we can comprehend yeah. the seeds and the things that that God did in yeah. those seeds. And they were special. Those yeah. were special For days, sure. special moments. And, um, and it's it, the fruit of it is, is I think everlasting. I really do. So, I, yeah. I think of that scripture, what it is in John's gospel where he says fruit, you know, fruit that remains. Yeah. And that's what I think about your guys's impact in ministry as you pastor. It was fruit and fruit that remains, not just mm-hmm. like, and, and don't you feel this as pastors? You don't want just fruit. You want fruit that remains. Totally. You want yeah. a legacy of generations of totally. like people getting saved, so meeting their good. spouse at a, the church, totally. getting getting yep. married, then having children that are raised in the church mm-hmm. and, and yeah. building the kingdom and stuff. And I really think that is so much, even just only a little part of the impact of GCD. Mm-hmm. You spoke to it a little bit too. I believe there's, I feel like this has always been um, kind of a foundational DNA of GCD, now CYA is the presence of God. Mm. And you guys really helped curate that. Like, and I think that's kind of, that's Capital Church, let's be honest. Yeah. That was mom and dad. Yes. You know? Like there's just that love for God's presence. Mm. And I think that that's what's attracted young people all these years. And I mm. think I could speak to CYA today. I think that's one of the things that still attracts so many people. You can preach a great word. You can have great community. You can have small groups, all that kind of stuff. You can have food. Totally. Give them food. Yeah. If, yeah. you know, have food, they will come, you totally. know, <laughs> um, especially college students. But there's something about um, curating the uh, just an atmosphere for the presence of God mm. to come and move where miracles can happen, where people's lives can be totally transformed. I mean, addictions being broken off yeah. in a yeah. second, like people's mind being renewed. I mean, what we've seen in just, in for me in the, two years, 
you know, just two years of seeing what God has done, yeah. um, which really is, a, it's your part of your guys' legacy. Mm. But I think it all started with that, that, that high value for the presence of God. Mm. Yeah. And uh, Rochelle, that's always been you. I, mm. I mean, my sister was the one I was, you know, God knows what I was doing as a kid, just pardon, living it up, loving people, having fun with people. <laughs> Rochelle was in a room praying, you know, totally. and we would joke that you would walk by her room and you'd see like smoke coming up like the prayer. It was like yeah. the glory oh cloud was coming out of her room. But um, I think that speaks so much to who you yeah. are too, Shell. Like yeah. you love the presence of Jesus. You always have. Mm-hmm. You're so sensitive to that. And mm-hmm. I think, I really think like when I go into service now, mm-hmm. well, it's been a couple months, but when we go back one day, yeah. we walk into there. I love that I still feel Mark and Rochelle. Like mm, I awesome. feel like the love for the presence yeah. and that like that escalating like authority and presence of Jesus through yeah. worship. And then I still can hear Mark. Uh, <laughs> I can. All, it's as if I can hear Mark like prophesying and, yeah. and praying for healing and mm-hmm. believing for people to get saved and it's just crazy, isn't yeah. it? That like your legacy doesn't die. Yeah. Like what you sow doesn't, you don't just, you don't plant a seed yeah. and God is some cosmic force that just doesn't care. But when you mm. plant a seed without yeah. faithfulness and water it like you did so faithfully, yeah. then God just, just ha- I think he has so much fun growing yeah. the seed. Yeah. yeah, totally. And, uh, and I think we feel that at CY, mm-hmm. we are, we are really honestly the benefit of those years of sowing yeah. and, um, and seeing and, and I don't know, I kind of, you know, I took over Mant- and you guys now are uh, lead pastors of an incredible church in South Orange County, um, Oceans mm-hmm. Church. If you're, if you're in Orange County, if you're listening to this from Orange County, please go check out Oceans Church. Um, the, you can follow them on Instagram. You can go to their website, mm-hmm. probably the most creative, coolest church you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you'll just look at their website and be like, I've got to attend this church or I got to be a part of this community because they're just incredible. But now they're lead pastors there. Um, Pass the mantle to, you know, me, now Garrison is in ministry with me and mm-hmm. we're pastoring um, Capital Young Adults. But can you give us like, because this is what I, I really believe this. I believe the dreams didn't die. The prayers mm-hmm. didn't die. Yeah. The vision you had for GCD yeah. 12 years ago. And honestly, let's go for it. And I love that you uh, said that. What Chris, Pastor Chris, what our parents yes. had, their yeah. dream doesn't die. Yeah. And I think it's so important for our community to hear the vision so that we kind of have this idea, okay, God, where are you taking us? And so, yeah. I don't know, just maybe speak to what you always felt in your heart mm-hmm. or what maybe what the vision that God gave you, where this this college young adult ministry was going to go. Because I still believe, and it might not even be when I'm the pastor. It could yeah. be when yeah. the next person's the pastor. I don't know. Yeah. But I know that the dreams of God don't die. The yeah. promises of God are yes yeah. and amen. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know, Mark, Rochelle, tell us, what is it that you have believed Maybe you didn't, you saw some of it for sure, and yeah. we spoke to it. But what do you still see mm-hmm. for the future of Capital Young Adults? No, it's so good. I um, kind of looking back, like sometimes to see to see the future, you have to look back in history. And I think you know, even before I was here, I I remember. I think part of the, I think God can speak to you in dreams and visions. I I totally believe in that. Joel says your old men will dream dreams, mm-hmm. young men have visions. Um, I'm reminded though of even like Rochelle, Chris, I think it was Rochelle and Chris. There's actually a couple other people at the time that Christy Martinez, Jeremiah, Bradshaw, Bradshaw, Shane, Shane, Mm -hmm. yeah, Shane. There was a crew of guys that were all young leaders at the first camp that I went to, which would have been like 1998 or 99. Is that at Bethel? At Bethel. Yeah. 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 
And I remember them getting touched by God. Mm-hmm. Benny Perez was there praying over them. And I just remember all of them kind of sharing similar stories uh, how they saw like a stadium, like like Taco Bell Arena, mm-hmm. full of young people experiencing and encountering the presence of God. It was a full stadium. wasn't there for a sporting event. It was something better than a sporting event. And there was like this just almost like worship environment um, that people were coming to know to come into faith in Jesus, but also experiencing His presence. Wow! And so I remember, I think, just from the very onslaught when I first moved to Idaho in 2002, remembering some of those stories, and then hearing Chris and hearing Shane and hearing Rochelle talk about, yeah, I remember seeing, you know, visions. And so I think in many ways, you know, Joseph. I always remind people, you know, Joseph saw when he was 17 the stars and the moon bowing to him. He saw sheaves, whatever the heck those are, uh, bowing <laughs> to him. But it says, you know. You, know, you read on 17 years later, there was never a star that bowed. There was wow. never a sheave that bowed. But I think what we know is God shows us what we need to see in the time that we need to see it to keep us motivated yeah. on the path that he wants us to stay on. Hmm. And I think that what I needed to see and what Rochelle needed to hmm. see is is that vision that, that happened in the beginning. And I really held on to that. And I, I, I do believe, um, like Dad is always... Dad always, you know, we all know the story, but no one listening does. But Dad always shared the story about when he was a young man in college, yeah, going to this like little white church that had this big grass field during the Jesus People movement, yeah. and how there was like no room in the church, thousands of people around this church, and Dad was like, "What the heck?" Like Dad was a good old fashioned Nazarene kid. Yeah. He's like, "I've never seen people like this so pumped out of their minds <laughs> for like a young adult type yeah. of gathering." And he walked up to it, looked into the doors, and he saw this like hippie dude with like his shoes off with a guitar, <laughs> long flowing hair, and uh, playing the guitar and talking about Jesus. And people were just getting rocked by God. Wow. And so I think, you know, for me, when I was, when I was stewarding, and again, I, I, I think I mentioned this, you know, to, when, when we transitioned everything, that God's grace in his anointing comes on the mission and the mandate that he puts on a ministry. Mm. And that's why you can take someone out of the the context of a team or you can pull someone off. It's like you could have a great musician at Bethel Church and they leave tomorrow and it's like another one rises up in its place. The grace is on the house. Mm. The grace is on the mission. And so I always told people like, great things didn't happen in GC because of us. It happened in spite of us Mm -hmm. because God was going to do great things regardless. He wanted, his heart was burning for Boise State, for these football players, these Mm -hmm. young people. And so I think in many ways, you know, we saw, again, to try to answer your question, I did, I saw the same, I think many times before you steward your own vision, you have to see the vision of your leaders. Yeah. And I think I saw Chris's vision when I was pastoring. And I always told people, I saw the vision that dad had because he'd always share that story at college camps, youth yeah. camps. Mm-hmm. And he, he would go from there to say and how, how he had a vision as, as an older man about young people with their faces pressed against the glass doors of our building, mm-hmm. trying to get in because it was so full. There was like a revival happening in our physical building. So I think the job of a youth pastor, a young adult leader, um, and quite frankly, anybody that's not the lead pastor of the church is to be an interpreter of the vision of the person leading that, that ministry. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you're a youth pastor, your job, especially if your lead pastor is older, is to interpret their heart and their vision at a level that college-age people can interpret it. So good. And so that's what we did is Rashawn and I, we kind of set mm-hmm. out that we see, and I, I still see it to this day. And mm-hmm. when I left, that was one of the things I had to wrestle with is I'm like, God, I didn't see 
Taco Bell Arena full up, filled up with. Mm. We we had some big gatherings. We you know almost a couple yeah. thousand, and the last compel was over two thousand young people there. Um, but we didn't see you know eight thousand, ten thousand people, and I just really felt you know I think two things are true. I think number one. Some things might not happen in your lifetime, but they could happen in your lifeline. Mm, and I, I don't think that. it has to be your biological son or biological daughter. Mm-hmm. I think it could be the spiritual legacy yep. that goes through the lines. Mm. And then the second thing, I, I just didn't, I, I thought maybe, you know, maybe we do come back at some point if our church is able to, to kind of steward a great revival in California. We start going to cities all over the world one mm. day and just putting on big events, yeah. uh, like a revival type of an mm. event. And maybe we could host one in Boise. So that was so kind of cool. what gave me peace of mind yeah. Yeah. when we did leave, because there was yeah. some kind of unfinished business in my heart for yeah. uh, that stuff. What yeah, the you? yeah the cool thing I, I uh, concur with what you're saying about you take on the the mission yeah. or the the call that's actually on your pastors or your leaders. So really, mm-hmm. you know, Mark and I, I don't feel like we really did anything, but like steward their Mm -hmm. vision Mm -hmm. and their what they had already in their heart and i think that that's so key for for young leaders is to steward the vision of your leader your pastor um and i feel like that's what mark and i did because i remember mom and dad you know when i was younger they were praying for boise state students and i remember back in the day there was remember the women's the basketball women's basketball team, team yeah. would come and so it's always been in their heart yeah. Yeah. and they've always prayed for it so mark and i knew that and it was in christ and and so we just stewarded that vision yeah. and and so it really i feel like didn't have anything to do with us but just stewarding it you yeah. know and so that's the cool thing is is you just come under yeah. mm-hmm. the mission and the call that's yeah. on you know on the house, on the house. Yeah. Yeah. and that anointing is on this house yeah. and it's going to continue and that's what Mark and I when we left um, when we you know when you took over Trace we were like oh it's just going to explode and when yeah. we heard. Um, you know about compel i'm like oh my we were so excited yeah. to, mm-hmm. to hear you know all that I was happening on that stage that was, <laughs> i've never been so nervous and you know me i don't get nervous yeah so that was crazy yeah. it was so it was, and it but, was the first yeah. one i did without you guys which was weird for yeah me, you know like totally. to like be there but i and i you guys i remember you texted me before you guys were encouraging but it's just mm-hmm. like it's kind of it's wild isn't it to yeah. like like I love what you guys are saying. It's it's the mission of the house. Not it's not a mantle on a person. It's yeah. a mantle on it's mm-hmm. it's God's mission. Yeah, and he his mission uses the church. Yes, it's, totally. And 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 I think this is our parents did a really good job of this, mm-hmm. Rochelle. I know, and and Mark inherited this and, and grew up around it too. Is that you never say my ministry? Yeah, right. It's not my ch- it's not my ministry. Mm-hmm. It's not my church. It's God's church. Yeah. And I think you guys steward, you proved that in your mm. faithfulness and the way you stewarded um, what the mission that God had had given you guys to um, lead. And it shows, I think it shows so much now as God gave you a bigger field, mm-hmm. you know, now he's yeah. like, he entrusts you with more. Yeah. And now you guys are leading this incredible church in Ocean's Church. And yeah. I love, I like that vision, Mark. I mean, who knows yeah. if how that vision is going to collide. What if together we're partnering and we see, by the way, it's called Mile High Stadium now. That's how long you've been gone. It's not wow. even Taco Bell Arena. Wow. Um, but it's like, what if we together... You do something and we see that. I mean, come on. It's just yes. crazy. We don't know how God's oh, going to yeah, do know. it. But 
Um, I just, I'm so stirred with faith from this conversation. It's like so fun to hear and be reminded of where we've been. But honestly, there's so much more that God wants to do and he's going to do. You know, I've loved everything that we've talked about today. But one thing that really like leapt in my spirit is when you talked about the beginnings of GCD came at a time when people were desperate, the recession. Mm -hmm. And that's really when something clicked. And I just felt like, honestly, the Holy Spirit, not to be mystical or like super spiritual in this moment, but like, I really felt like the Holy Spirit's like, we're kind of at a very similar time in history. And I just felt like, and it's, it's frustrating a little bit from a pastor just to like, you lose momentum when you, you know, you're not able to like be in those environments and you know, college ministry, my God, it's like ebb and flow because you go from having everyone in town and everyone's yeah. pumped to spring breaks, to summer breaks, to yeah. Christmas breaks, to flipping finals, to, totally. you know, yeah. it's like, you never know from week to week who's going to show up. Totally. And, and, um, and then you take months off in your key, your key months yeah. that you even have with them before summer break. Totally. And as a pastor, you're like, man, that's kind of discouraging, but I don't know. This conversation has just like ignited something and reminded me something too. It's like, it's in those seasons that God just like turns something on. Yeah. And it's when he is able to ignite something when there's such a depth and a hunger in young people, who knows if we're on the, on just the edge of seeing some of the visions God placed in your heart Mm. to come to fruition in capital young adults today. But it's just, it's cool, isn't it? It's crazy how God works. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but we're so honored, honored to hear the story again for many of us, or and hopefully for a lot of you listening, this story for the very first time. And and the reason I, I the reason I think it's important to rehearse the story is you remember I was thinking about this this morning. Um, you know Moses had the people and the children of Israel build memorial stones mm-hmm. and remind themselves. And it wasn't just for them to remember the crossing the Great Sea mm-hmm. and the miracles. It was for them to go back and tell their children. Yep. Remember the story is like, you need to you need to know this yep. so that when your kids one day mm-hmm. are like, what are those stones about? Like, yep. why are there stones right here? Then you can tell them the story and the history yep. of what that's God good. did. And, and I think that's why... Um, kind of rehearsing some of this is so important because I think yeah. there's even people listening today and I and I hope I can say this um, maybe even prophetically mm-hmm. maybe you got saved at a GCD service or a compel and maybe you're maybe you've maybe I don't know maybe gone a little bit away from God or church and yeah. somehow mm-hmm. you found yourself to this podcast maybe you saw Mark and Rochelle Francie's name mm-hmm. and um, you remember the moment that God touched you, transformed, maybe he healed your body. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, you were given a prophetic word and maybe, you've, maybe, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just speaking, um, hopefully from the Holy Spirit that maybe you walked away. But can I just say that this podcast was for you today, that God wants yeah. to remind you of what he's done, that you can tell your children and your grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And um, you can go back to the place and remind yourself, maybe you've been far from God, but today's your day to get back to the place that God has always intended you to be. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I just feel like That's good. we don't know who's listening, yeah, but sure. um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged in this conversation, knowing that God's speaking to people far beyond what we can even yeah, um, sure. anticipate. Yeah, you never know who's listening for sure. I know, isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. Podcast world, like we're living in the information (laughs) age. But anyway, it's such an honor to have you. Anything you guys want to say closing? Any anything you want to say to? Yeah, no, I was just gonna say, Rochelle and I are just uh, for everyone that's a part of CYA. We're just so proud of how you know. I think it's hard to explain. um, You know, would you give over a decade? I mean, Rochelle was 
building this church for over two decades mm-hmm. of really being on staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a receptionist here. She was a youth pastor with Chris before Guys, we were I married. I felt like I did it all. You did. Which, yeah. <laughs> I was a janitor too. <laughs> so was I. Bit. People think that we, we clean toilets hey, in this church. we've done everything. No doubt. Oh gosh. <laughs> so yeah, I think, you know, I guess a couple thoughts would be, uh, I guess two sides would be if you're listening to this, and you have great aspirations to do great things in life. I think like what, what Tracy was saying or Rochelle was saying, um, serve someone else's vision. Hmm. I think God won't give you your own field until you're faithful in another man's field. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I think sometimes too, we, I, I was thinking about Samuel. You know, Samuel, um, he actually mis- he actually was mistaken for God's voice hmm. by the voice of Eli, his pastor. And I thought, you know, in the early days when you're learning who God is and his voice, oftentimes God's voice is channeled through your pastors. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't until Eli's like, hey, that's probably God talking to you. It's not me. It's <laughs> like, it sounds just like you. Uh, it's not me. It's God. And so next time you speak, say you speak, your servant is listening. Mm-hmm. So I would say, I think stewarding um, another man's, you know, just being faithful with, um, I think if I look back, I think like Rochelle was saying, I think it's what I'm most pleased with, with mm-hmm. kind of our story here, was I just always felt like we had opportunities to, you know, to leave earlier, to do other mm-hmm. things, but we just, we always felt like our, our mandate, like we mm-hmm. were supposed to do was to help Ken and Connie mm-hmm. and then Kristen Kelly yep. um, mm-hmm. build the vision that God gave this church. And mm-hmm. we never had any desire to leave that. And mm-hmm. so God had to give us all these crazy kind of prophetic, you know, Cindy Jacobs and on a ministry trip with yeah, mom and dad in Hawaii dad, yeah. in like <laughs> 2011, like saying your son and daughter, they're going to be church planners back in California where your son-in-law's from. Like, like it took dramatic, you know, things to kind of even push us out of this nest. I'm surprised mom ever told you that. Yeah, no doubt, me too. No doubt. <laughs> so it just was wild. I mean, the, the progression of everything. So I would just encourage you. I think that was our story is we just, um, we just kind of steward. We were faithful with what we were given here. I think, um, you know, godliness with contentment is great gain. Like learning to just kind of find a place where you are, find a need where you are, and just kind of plug into it, lean into it. Don't wait for great opportunities to be great. I think you have to make up your mind where you are to say, hey, I'm going to, whether it's COVID season, whether it's mm-hmm. a recession, whether it's this we're going to, and that's what we did with GC is like, we didn't have all the resources. We right. didn't have all the, mm-hmm. but we're like, we're going to do the best that we can with everything that we currently have. And that was kind of, I didn't share this, but what really, I think in many ways turned the tide in the beginning when we were in the bookstore with 25 people showing up, we had Megan Murphy and Keela at the time, uh, Keela Bates, who's now, um, uh, now it's Kyla. Kyle, Kyle Bates. Um, oh, now, no. I'm kidding. Kyle kidding. Keela Rooks now. Inside joke. And, um, you know, they were leading They were leading us in music. We had one speaker. It was a PV, like 15-inch speaker. And one little corded microphone. And it was weird. I remember complaining one day. I'm like, God, is this ever going to, like, start reaching some people, like, beyond <laughs> these 25 that show up every week? Mm-hmm. And I remember the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, Mark, you're doing you're doing a service for 25 people. Hmm. And when you start doing it for a hundred people, I'll bring a hundred people. Wow. Mm. So I want you to get sound system for a hundred people. And I want you to actually start setting up like organizationally small groups for a hundred people. I want you to like mm. be able to actually take care. Like it's almost like if you have a pen that can fit a hundred sheep, then I'll give you a hundred sheep. Wow, yeah. But if you have a pen for twelve sheep, you're gonna always have twelve sheep. Mm-hmm. And so I remember going to the team and saying, Hey, God told me that if we'll actually go to the next level. 
And I remember like for the next three or four mm-hmm. months, I was shouting at 25 people <laughs> and I had to keep reminding them, I'm yelling loud because I'm talking to a hundred right now, not and 25. Sound was, worship was so loud. So loud. it was for a hundred. So we loud. all know Mark loves loudness oh. and sound. Yeah. So we're like, oh, help us. <laughs> so I just think, you know, we, we started just little, little That's shifts, so but good. at the end of the day, it was stewarding and being faithful mm. with what we felt God calling us to build as it mm-hmm. pertained to Capital Church. Yeah. And we did that. I thought God, God breathed on it. But going back to what I was going to say is I just, I'm so grateful. Um, it's weird. I feel like, you know, there's seasons of life that prepare you for what you're called to do. And I think, you know, I think if David was alive today, he would tell us that killing that bear in that field was no more meaningful to him hmm. than killing Goliath in front of all those armies. Yeah. I think the same reliance on God and the same, I guess, the same fulfilling, the same fulfillment, knowing that I was protecting the sheep. I think mm-hmm. in one context, he was protecting sheep from a bear. and the other context, he was protecting the sheep of Israel, which is the people mm-hmm. from a giant. And I think that, again, if I could, I guess that's the only picture I have from oceans till now is what we did in Idaho meant just as much uh, to us mm-hmm. is what we're doing in California. Mm-hmm. I just feel like this was God's long-term yeah. plan for us yeah. was mm-hmm. you're going to kill some bears and lions in Boise and it's going to prepare you. And it was cool. I was actually just talking. Chad was just at our church a couple weeks ago and he said, Mark, and he was just so kind. He just said something like, Mark, you know what you did at Boise State with those football players mm-hmm. and with those athletes and those wrestlers and with all the university age. He goes, Mark, that same grace is on you guys yeah. for the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be doing that with older people now, with business mm-hmm. people now, with yeah. people in Orange County now. He's like, that same grace to build mm-hmm. is on you. And so it was just encouraging, you know, mm-hmm. that it's so true that that throughout all of this. But going back to it, I'm just, I wanted just to go on the record to say we're so proud and so yes. pleased, for Tracy, with how you mm-hmm. have, have taken over everything, uh, how you've been honoring to Shell and yes. I, been so honoring to... Just all the people that, you know, it's hard. It's almost like when you, it, I felt like when we moved, it was almost like the first time you leave your kids with a babysitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you wanted to check in every 20 minutes and be like, <laughs> but I'm like, I, I, we never wanted to feel like there was any pressure yeah. for you to do things the way that we did things. Because I think that's the hidden secret sauce to every great yeah. ministry and every great church is that you have to build with the grace and the, and the strengths that God's given you. And obviously we're family, so a lot of the same blood flows through our veins uh, and same values. But obviously there's strengths that you have, that Garrison has, that we're just so proud of. And we're so honored that you're building it the way you've built it, with the people that you're building it with. And just thank you for loving and taking care of the people here um, that we're we're called to be in Boise. Mm, And yeah, yeah, we're just honored. We're glad that we were able to leave and be sent out the way that we were. and that's what I've told everyone that's ever transitioned out of a youth ministry position is I always just tell them, you know, always be aware that how you leave, two things, how you leave a church, especially if you become a lead pastor, will be the way that will be the way that people leave your church one day. Mm-hmm. And so I always thought about that. I want to make sure I leave as honorable as possible yeah. because what I do is going to be repeated in our church. Mm-hmm. And the second thing I always I, I always tell people is leave in a way that when you come back, you know, there's honor. Yeah that celebrates and not dishonor that makes you feel ashamed. And I'm just grateful that we were able to come back. And I feel like because we honored, and if you're listening right now, just know this, that really honor is the currency of heaven. That miracles are a byproduct of honor. 
Authority is a byproduct of honor. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that if you'll stay in that place, you don't have to have perfect leaders, even though I think we probably had close to about as good as it gets. Mm -hmm. You don't, but I want to just go on the other side of that and say, you don't have to have perfect leaders or pastors. Mm -hmm. Even for that matter, right now it's going on in America. You don't have to have godly leaders in America or the world to be a person of honor. Yeah. Being honoring to an individual or a leadership or a role or a position is an internal decision. It has nothing to do with the people that are leading. It has everything to do with your attitude towards those people. Right. And so I just encourage you, always be a person of honor. And then when God uses you and God gives you opportunities, whenever you revisit where God sent you from, it'll mm-hmm. always be a celebration. Yeah, and it won't good. be a Debbie Downer, here comes the guy that, you know, was mean or was belligerent or was, right. you know, un- dishonoring. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I'm grateful yeah. that we were able to yeah. finish in a way that we can kind of be a aunt and uncle to yeah. uh, all that's happening in, in yeah. Capitol Yeah, and, and you Church. guys did just that. You were, you led with such faithfulness. You honored leadership and you left so well, which made it easy. The transition, I, I still, I tell people, people are like, how's the transition? I go, I, I mean, I've never really been in a lot of transitions, but it's been the smoothest one. Yeah. yeah. You know, that I yeah. know you could have, and that's such a testament to you guys and yeah. how much you believed in me. Um, and, and, and let, and let me do it. Like, yeah. you know, but you were always there. Like if I need, if I had a question or like, Hey guys, and I, I just, I'm so thankful for mm. you two and really honored, like super, super honored. Like in retrospect, yeah. we couldn't have even planned this better that you guys were the first guests on oh, our um, awesome. CYA podcast. Yeah. I mean, so that's cool. like, how cool is that? That's just so, so God cool. how that worked out. Cause I think that this podcast is, um, is, I think it's crucial even to setting the tone for the rest of what God's going to do with this podcast with Capital Young Adults, mm. the ministry of, of Capital Church so and all good. that's ahead. So yeah. Thank you for yeah. being on uh, today. Um, it's such an honor to have you guys. Absolutely. And I, I really do. I think we're going to get some really cool feedback from people um, that heard this and it's really going to speak to them. Just hearing your voice again, Mark and Rochelle, like the, the, the many people that you impacted. Thank you for mm-hmm. investing and telling people about Jesus. Um, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing if it wasn't for for that. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. this was fun, right? So, so fun. you guys have to come back and do another one. But we'll do another one for sure. I know it's awesome. So anyway, thanks for joining us for this very very special edition of our deep dive podcast. Uh, we're we're excited. This is just the beginning, and um, there's gonna be some cool stuff up ahead. So make sure you are subscribing to our podcast. And once again, if you have a question or a comment, or maybe even something happened and God spoke to you in the middle of this podcast, would you email us at cy a podcast at capitalchurch.co. We'd love to hear from you and we're excited to be back with you next week on our deep dive podcast. Hey everyone, thanks for being with us today. We hope that you were encouraged. We want to remind you to subscribe to our podcast. You can be listening in every week. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. We have our Instagram at Capital Young Adults. We also have our Facebook page. We'd love if you would follow us on there. And also, if you have any prayer requests, we want to be praying with you. Shoot us a direct message or an email. That way we can be praying with you in this time. We love you guys. We hope you have the best week. And we can't wait to be back with you this time next week.